We talk a lot about uh, prediabetes and insulin and, and the epidemic of it going on and how serious it is. In fact, uh, I joined the CDC and ADA in this space in terms of being a fear monger. Um, <clears throat> and we'll cover why. As you start, but, but the question comes up is, well, just how common is prediabetes or insulin resistance? Uh, and what are some of the things that are related to it? What should be, we be thinking about? Well, there are some uh, expanding definitions from the CDC and ADA. Then you have, have to ask yourself the question, why are they expanding the definitions? Because they know of the damage associated with it. Uh, obesity is increasing. We're getting older. Uh, gum disease is a related issue. Why? We'll talk about that. Well, you could also look at the outcomes, heart attack, stroke, retinopathy, kidney disease, um, erectile dysfunction. All of these things are very much, we've got numbers on them and they're very much related to this issue. So let's start running through that real quick. Yes, the CDC has broadened the definition. Uh, back in 2000, 2003, uh, there were more people with uh, official diagnosis of diabetes than uh, um, insulin resistance. That diabetes has increased from about, what, 20% up to 26%, but insulin resistance or prediabetes has increased from about 15% up to 84%. Why is that? Well, as you see in each of these areas, the, the, you've had a significant jump. And the jump has included a significant uh, broadening of the CDC definition. So that's clearly happening. Now, how should we interpret that? Well, Charles Piller in Science Magazine interpreted it as a dubious diagnosis. He said, most people don't go on to get full-blown diabetes, so what are we worried about? And in fact, he also said, there are no complications from prediabetes. Dumb, that's not true. Uh, and it's unfortunate that it's not true. Diabetic retinopathy is the leading cause of blindness in adults. And about 30% of patients already have type 2 diabetes, uh, retinopathy, diabetic retinopathy, by the time they get a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. So don't tell me, Charles Piller, that um, prediabetes has no complications. Now, <clears throat> let's go back and look at some other numbers that are related to this. Obesity. Uh, it, I've did, done a video uh, recently on uh, the growing obesity epidemic in the U.S. It's now at the point where 35, I mean, excuse me, seven states report obesity at, uh, at or above 35%. In other words, over a third of the state is now obese. Well, now, what's the connection between obesity, the obesity epidemic and the insulin resistance ec epidemic or prediabetes epidemic? Here it is, and this is a little bit geeky. It's the um, uh, biochemical components. This is the cell wall, this black thing. And this is the insulin receptor, this blue thing. Insulin, when it goes into the bloodstream, it touches these receptors in the cell wall and makes the uh, cell wall pull blood sugar, uh, sugar out of the blood when it's too high and into the cell where it doesn't, it, where it's protected. It doesn't do the damage that it does in the bloodstream. But what is this over here? This is um, another receptor. It's an adipo adipokine or adipokine, depending on how you want to pronounce it. 
but it's a receptor of inflammatory uh, markers, TNF, tissue necros uh, necrosis factor, IL-6, interleukin-6, leptin, free fatty acids. These are all products of fat. So we increase our fat mass, we increase all of these products, and then look what happens. We decrease our body's ability to respond to insulin. So that is the connection. It's a very clear biochemical metabolic connection between insulin resistance and obesity. How about gum disease? Half of Americans have gum disease. You, you go to the dentist and if you have bleeding, you've got gum disease. Now what's the connection there? Well, the high-risk dental pathogens or periodontal pathogens, the bacteria that cause gum disease, also cause this. They cause the uh, core process of uh, insulin resistance or, or uh, infl inflammation associated with insulin, insulin resistance. This is the artery. It's a, it's a diagram or schematic. These little yellow dots are um, uh, LDL in the blood, and this is a growing plaque. The pink uh, layer is the um, endothelium or enzyma. And here's the thing. Dysfunction and permeability of the endothelium is driven by those same oral pathogens, the same bacteria that cause um, bleeding in your gums. So again, another connection uh, between periodontal disease and, and um, insulin resistance. Now, <clears throat> we had uh, we'd, I'd done another video recently about the connection between or the new metabolic pathway, uh, saying it's not really holes in the endothelium. Myself and others have been guilty of using that terminology, especially when we describe the microalbumin-creatinine ratio, a, a core test for um, inflammation. As um, this researcher has shown, it's not really so much holes in the endothelium. It is, however, increased permeability of that endothelium, where LDL goes through the, the endothelial wall and gets stuck between the endothelium and the um, media, the muscular support layer of that artery wall. Now here's some other ways. Talking about other things that are associated with um, insulin resistance, prevalence of insulin resistance, and or the um, cardiovascular inflammation that goes with it. And we all know there's increasing uh, prevalence, increasingly common, stroke, dementia, heart attack, heart failure, kidney failure, erectile dysfunction, and peripheral disease. Let me go back and say I misspoke on stroke. We've actually had some decrease in stroke. And again, it's been associated with our improving um, management of high blood pressure, also related to insulin resistance. Now, as we look at those um, diseases, you know, pardon me, this is such a silly comment. The medical community surrounded. Uh, again, who cares about the medical community? It's the patients that are suffering these diseases. Let's go back and look at these diseases. Approximately every 40 seconds, an American has a heart attack. And every four minutes, someone dies from a stroke in the U.S. And that's a little bit less than it used to be, but again, so with stroke, we're, we're getting 
some decrease associated with uh, improved blood pressure management, but we're continuing to get an upward uh, pressure because of the continued increase in obesity and uh, insulin resistance uh, rates in the population. Now, I continue to talk about uh, prediabetes or insulin resistance and artery disease as if they're linked. How are they linked? Inflammation. Uh, actually, there was a very smart guy that knew this 157 years ago. He made the comment. His name was uh, Virchow. Uh, the doctors have heard of him because they've heard of him from other places, and some historians have heard of him. He was the first medical director of the, uh, the uh, Charité Institute. It was the, the big hospital, uh, more Nobel Prize winners in medicine from that hospital than anywhere else. Uh, it's near... Um, Berlin, I think. Um, anyway, he said 157 years ago, the lesions of atherosclerosis represent a very specific inflammatory response on a cellular level. Well, we seem to have forgotten that until recently, past 20 years ago. And you see one of the authors here, Paul Ridker. I've mentioned his name many, many times. Circulation just a few years ago, 2002. Atherosclerosis represents a cellular inflammatory response from the beginning deposit of oxidized LDL to the end with rupture of pockets of liquefied inflammatory cellular responses. So <clears throat> again, I've gone through these slides, these images, uh, multiple times in other videos. This is an artery that's relatively normal on the left side in bad shape on the right side. As you see, it's not the... Uh, buildup of plaque is not like hair in, in the inside of a drain where their flow is. The, um, the plaque, or LDL, is going through that intima, that slick lining, and getting stuck between the uh, intima and media layer. The immune system, as this progresses, is beginning to say, look, that shouldn't be there. And the immune system does what it does always. It sends immune cells there. The immune cells release uh, enzymes. And guess what? Those enzymes start to, uh, to digest that plaque. But unfortunately, all of that works well until you get to this point. Unfortunately, the hot liquid resulting plaque, when it breaks through, if it breaks through, back through the intima and touches liquid blood, it causes a clot. And sure enough, that's what's happening here. This is a real artery of a... Uh, of a person. This is the uh, red media layer. This is an intima lining. And in between there, you have a huge amount of grayish, brownish looking plaque. Here you have a hot uh, liquid area. And as you can see, that immune system has created that liquid area of plaque. And there's only that layer of intima in between that and the, um, the liquid blood flow. This is what happened here. This is the, uh, that's the uh, media layer there. That's plaque with a developing hot plaque pocket there. This was a large hot plaque pocket until the intima cracked. The uh, hot plaque touched the blood, formed a large clot. The majority of the clot broke off, flowed to the heart, killed this patient. And the rest of this black that you see here is not hot plaque. It's uh, parts of the, of the clot that formed right on into that pocket area. Now we already know 
a lot of the major outcomes and uh, inputs here. Endodontic disease, uh, periodontal disease, um, genetics, uh, you know, for uh, 9P21, some of the other uh, diseases, inflammatory diseases. But the big one is insulin resistance. And if you get insulin resistance and it gets worse and worse, diabetes. Inflammatory diseases, by the way, for the patient, the few patients, relatively few patients that have them, cause as much heart attack and stroke or as, are as at, at increased risk of heart attack and stroke as much as uh, uh, insulin resistance or diabetes. But let's get back. I've gone far afield here. Let's go back to just how common this is. Again, the CDC numbers. 84.1 million. In other words, a third of adults, according to the CDC, have prediabetes. And yes, only one out of 10 know it. That is scary. Especially if you're one of those fear mongers like me about this issue. Um, how about this? What are, what's the uh, breakdown? As you see with 45 to 64 year olds, um, 33, 40% um, uh, percent of um, 37, 44% of, of these folks have insulin resistance. Now, the reason I showed that number is I want to go back and compare the CDC to the UCLA numbers. Many of you have heard me mention the UCLA numbers. UCLA said half, over half of adults in uh, California have insulin resistance. And when you get to the healthier group, the younger group, one out of three have it. So are these just diametric? That's a significant difference, a half, over half versus about a third. Is it that the CDC is wrong or uh, UCLA is wrong or they're just different? I would vote for they're just different. Here's a couple of issues. Number one, the, CD, uh, the um, UCLA numbers are, are focused on the state of California and... The state of California does have a lot more um, people of color, Pacific Islanders, American Indians, African Americans, which tend to have higher prevalence of uh, prediabetes. The other thing is the um, UCLA study was probably a little bit more recent, just published a little over a year ago. Now, again, looking at uh, minorities or people of color, let's look at some a couple of numbers. Pacific Islanders age 55 to 70 plus, they have numbers up to 76% have insulin resistance or diabetes or prediabetes. Uh, American Indian, 70%, 70 and above. So these are huge, huge numbers. Um, <clears throat> now let's go back and think about it a little bit differently. So UCLA and... Um, CDC numbers are built basically on fasting blood glucose and hemoglobin A1C. We know hemoglobin A1C could actually miss a lot of insulin resistance. Some people would say it misses, uh, A1C misses insulin resistance up to 50% of the time as compared to OGTT. And fasting blood glucose or sugar is even worse. So think about it. If that's the case, then <clears throat> even the UCLA numbers might very well be low. 
So uh, you've made it this far. Thank you again for your interest. Um, yeah, now you're beginning to see maybe why I'm one of those uh, scaremongers that um, Pillar mentioned in his uh, article. We've got an epidemic of a very serious disease, and it is the major risk factor for heart attack, stroke, the number one cause of death, the number one cause of disability, and a whole lot of other really bad stuff in this country. And only one out of 10 people knows it. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at prevmedhealth.com. To learn more, watch our videos on YouTube at Ford Brewer MD MPH. Thank you very much for your interest.